On episode 12 of the Wash Talk podcast, we're talking about national monitoring systems, the essential ingredient countries need to meet the SDGs. Welcome to the Wash Talk podcast series from IRC. My name is Andy Narricott and this is the podcast where we open up the discussion on what the WASH sector needs to do to achieve the Sustainable Development Goals. We'll be interviewing people from all over the world, from policymakers and human rights activists, to economists and water service providers, to get us all moving closer to the goals we're striving for. Sustainable Development Goals 6. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get started. Many countries do not have adequate monitoring systems in place to tell them where they are on the road to the SDGs, where everyone everywhere will have adequate functioning water and sanitation services. So without this, how can countries know how far they have to go or decide where to prioritise their efforts or define the next actions and actually measure the effectiveness of those actions so they can adapt their approaches? So I'm joined today by two guests who are grappling with these issues. Benedict Kuberbom of Community Water and Sanitation Agency in Ghana and Abdul Hafiz Karoma of National Wash Promotion Committee in Liberia. Both have so much to share on this topic and I'm really excited to dig into this with them. But before we dive in, make sure you head over to ircwash.org forward slash wash talk for the summary of this episode and further links to help you take action. So without any further ado, Let's start the discussion. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Mr. Benedict Kubabom and Mr. Abdul Hafiz Karoma about wash service monitoring for improved wash services and, of course, attainment of the SDGs. So Benedict is Director of Planning and Investments for the Community Water and Sanitation Agency in Ghana. He's playing a key role in expanding wash service delivery to rural communities. But he has over 28 years experience in the development sector and is currently setting up an ME system for the rural subsector in Ghana. So excellent to bring his practical experience onto the show. Now Abdul is WASH sector coordinator for the National Water Sanitation and Hygiene Promotion Committee within the Ministry of Public Works in Liberia. He leads Liberia's sanitation and water for all technical team and serves as the national focal point for many national and international WASH initiatives. So I'm honoured to have you both on the podcast. Firstly, welcome, Benedict. Thank you very much, Andy. And welcome, Abdul. It's a pleasure being here and I look forward to having a very frank and fruitful discussion. Brilliant. Thank you, Abdul. Thank you, Benedict. So first of all, I think we'll start with you, Benedict. Um, Perhaps you could tell us For the few who don't know out there, (laughs) perhaps you could tell us why monitoring is so important, um, both at the national and sub-national levels. Thank you very much, Andy. Um, For us, as um, practitioners in the sector, a lot of money is going or has gone into the sector that needs to deliver outputs to the beneficiary community. So the national monitoring system we have is to track the development processes, the results from which um, these processes are expected to generate. And so, for instance, we take one of our key 
we want a sustainable raw water sanitation project which is funded by the World Bank. We expected to deliver by 1,200 boreholes over a five-year period, contribute to the eradication of open defecation. So we need to find out how many boreholes are being delivered every year over the five years. So without a monitoring system, you will not be able to tell how many are being delivered and how we value for money. And the system we have has helped us be able to track the performance of this project over the five-year period. Brilliant. It has also helped us to link the plans that we have done to the projects that have been released to us by the World Bank and then, of course, by government itself. Because the plans that are effectively we are delivering, and without the monitoring, you may not know how effective your plans are. So then, based on how you perform, then you can put in money requesting for release of funds you know, to the national government and to the funding agencies. World Bank is one of them. And these reports are released on a quarterly basis. And after that, then we put in requests for funding due to successful implementation of what we're supposed to do within a quarter. And also, I, I, I think about accountability. Because uh, we are trying to deliver goods and services to beneficiary communities. And the only way we can ensure that there's accountability and value for the money from the bank, from the, our own national government, there needs to be a tracking system. And that tracking system is basically the monitoring system that we have set up at the national level. So this actually is why monitoring is very crucial and critical to the national government if they want to arrive at the doorstep of 2030, having delivered the targets for Sustainable Development Goal 6. Brilliant. So that's, that's you know, that's really out, helpful to outline those three key points. But I wanted to pick up on one thing. Abdul, perhaps you can help me here. That to stress that why we need continuous monitoring systems. And I think, you know, we've had issues before where it's just a one-time exercise. It's just like a an asset inventories, which are limited to providing just a snapshot at a particular time. But why, in your view, why is it important we need this sort of con- uh, monitoring on a continuous basis? Um, thank you again, Andy, for uh, th- that question. I, I think, um, as, as my colleague had earlier intimated, uh, there are two points I will actually uh, indicate why it's important that continuous monitoring is part of the conversation on M&E. Uh, firstly, we have to ensure that the quality of, of services uh, and this goes beyond the critical core aspect of monitoring, which talks mainly about assessing progress, ensuring targets are achieved, but that the quality and the impact of our interventions are actually achieved. You can't uh, be able to have a frank conversation about the impact of the interventions if you don't do continuous monitoring. The most important critical elements of that has to now be, for example, uh, the process and the technology that you actually use to ensure that that information translates into actual impact. One of the things that um, I would like to stress on on that, on, that, on, on that note is the aspect that, for example, in Liberia, we have something called the Agvo flow, which is um, quite now widely used around uh, parts of Africa and, and Asia and other parts of the world to, to roll out uh, uh, continuous monitoring in the different districts and counties. Um, though we haven't started talking about that, there are challenges we see in that areas, but the critical uh, point to note is that we will never be able to access the quality of our interventions 
if there's only a one-off, uh, you know, monitoring exercise that normally looks at a few visit and does not have a real evaluation component, the evaluation of, of our monitoring exercises can actually be found within continuous monitoring. Because in that particular vertical, what you do is you look at impact, you look at quality beyond the idea that targets are achieved and beyond the fact that you are assessing progress. That is the, that is the point where you, you discuss critical issues like quality and impact. Because at the end of the day, those are the two critical aspects of service delivery. Uh, it has to have the quality that you want and it must have impact on the people uh, that you want to reach. Yeah. So you've got yeah quality and impact. So you're talking about you know services actually functioning over time, and not just a one-time yeah. you know sort of uh, service level a, a snapshot in time. Let's continue with you, Abdul. In your view, what are some of the critical things that need to get right to ensure that that is sustained, that continuous monitoring is in place? You know, if if any other governments are listening, in your experience, what are the key things that we need to get right? I will see these and I will actually share my insights based on experience I've had. Um, at the time I was I worked with the World Bank, there were a number of programs we, we implemented around Africa. And I'll just give my insights based on what I've seen uh, coming out of these different countries struggling with the monitoring systems and, 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 and how those can be impactful and how services can be impactful. Firstly, we have to agree, um, countries have to ensure that the tools are harmonized in terms of what tools are actually going to be fit for context. And when I say fit for context, you understand that means based on where you are, what sort of tools uh, can fit the particular context within which you operate, considering internet challenges, considering the knowledge economy around those kind of tools, considering human capital as well and all of those. The next thing that I think countries need to focus on are the people. And I call these the three T's, the people, the processes, and the, and the products, which are the tools. The people have to be uh, well-trained and able to understand why they are doing monitoring. Andy, one of the problems we have in Liberia, for example, is that monitoring is, is not being seen beyond, uh, m and &E is not seen beyond the first component of monitoring. So people don't understand that it has to be an evaluation of a process that then informs policy or even project. So at the end of the day, the people themselves need to have the level of capacity uh, that, that can be able to actually bring uh, well the kind of uh, 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 you know, output that you need. Mm. Thirdly, and most important, uh, is the process. Um, in most countries, for example, the process is marred by what I would call disconnects between MNE functions and program functions. Uh, in Liberia, for example, the subnational coordination is weak, and that's because Subnational monitoring evaluation is weak because, for example, uh, people go on the field based on uh, what I would call unpredictable funding. So it's never available to people who have actually have to do the, the groundwork to inform policy at central level. And though also there's a, there's a matter of capacity example, which causes people not to be able to actually carry out the kind of uh, what I would call quality of monitoring evaluation that you need. So the people, the processes, and the, and the products, so that is the tools, have to be, uh, those are the things that have to be put in place if mm. countries want to uh, solve the, this issue of continuous monitoring, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pick up on one of those, what you said about funding when we talk about challenges. But um, Benedict, Matt, you know, actually, 
there's no point in collecting the data unless it gets used, right? And I think a lot of people, uh, different stakeholders, are uh, need to use the data who, who are benefiting it. For for example, a district water officer needs different information to someone in the federal government who is you know planning budgets. So how how do you think about that to ensure that data is accessible to a broad range of stakeholders in the country? So data is not just collected for each The data is collected as a means to an end. You know, used to fix facilities for communities, used to train the, uh, the service provider at the community level, contributed to uh, uh, the data that we need to be able to draw development plans, so to affect the budgetary system you know, for both the district and the national level. So that based on that, they are able to to, to project how much money we need to be able to deliver the service that required. So in my view, this is how we've been able to use the data that we gathered using the agroflow system. So Benedict, let me, let me just continue with you for a second. I mean, you raise a very good point there. You mentioned about um, you know funding, about uh, people going out to repair uh, boreholes or water systems when they're not functioning. But we also need adequate financing to ensure the monitoring system continues to function and it needs to be put in annual budgets and work plans. I mean, maybe you can expand on that or some other challenges or bottlenecks you'll see around monitoring that you could perhaps uh, highlight for us. Yes, um, you are right. Um, What I talked about was actually a project funded by the Dutch government, which we call the Smart Watch Project. And that helped us to set up this national monitoring system that cuts across 131 districts. That project ended at the end of 2017. You know, and so even though there were commitments by government to provide us money to continue with the system, that didn't happen. So we had to go out on our own and were able to strike um, a, a support from UNICEF. So UNICEF came in and they actually paid for the interns with agro because we need to pay to maintain the interns and, of course, uh, be able to see our data on the dashboard. So we have paid for, for that for one year for us. And we actually, together with support from UNICEF, we started what we call the credit flight. In other words, it's one aspect of agro where you're going to look at the water quality issues. So, yes, Funding is a challenge, and we also look for funding from other development partners, particularly the NGO sector. And uh, we are very hopeful that we could uh, continue beyond the UNICEF support. So yes, you are right. Funding is a critical issue. The human resource is also very critical. And uh, under this program that we did with support from the Dutch government, we are able to train a critical mass of uh, human resource across the 131 districts. And uh, without the fund, we could not have achieved that. And my worry now is if the fund doesn't come for us to continue, this digital mass that we have trained to gather data from the field, to do data cleaning, uh, to put the data back onto the dashboard, then be able to do analysis, generate graphs and charts that tells us the tip of facilities in the field in terms of functionality, in terms of service level, in terms of performance of the service provider, and even the service authorities. That, that human resource would not be available. So, yes, I, I totally agree with you. 
funding is critical, and uh, it needs to national government need to find a way of addressing uh, that issue. Yeah, well, it'd be interesting to bring in Abdul's experience here. I mean, um, Abdul, you've had quite success around getting uh, you know public access to the data that you're collecting. You've got a dedicated website called wash-liberia.org. You know, you've obviously received some high-level support to obviously get a lot of this funded. Um, have you got any any um, insights to share, especially how to ensure continuous funding for monitoring or, in fact, any other uh, bottlenecks or, or challenges you, you face? One of the things that we overlook in terms of the challenges is that the way in which we package this data for policymakers who essentially benefit from the stories that the M&E reports are supposed to tell uh, is one of the crucial elements of why we have challenges with how data is used and why the dissemination of data does not change in any way the attitude of people. I tell you what, in Liberia, even though we have the Watch Liberia website, we have all those kind of maps and, you know, all the different kind of things that you think you could put the infographics that will help to communicate the, the information as clearly as possible. We still see the endemic challenge of funding, which has not been able to be translated to county or district level wash monitors. So wash monitoring at the county and district level, district levels continue to suffer because, first of all, you have this huge disconnect, which I spoke about. Huge disconnect be, be, between uh, program conception, program implementation and uh, the actual actors that are in the counties. And that is because um, people who make policy, who design and develop projects, they, they don't see it as useful involving that level of, of, of you know, what I would call a project uh, assessment, a project quality monitoring, because they themselves are not looking at the stories that are posted, for example, on the website, so that it informs them. Uh, essentially, what we've been able to, to, how we've been able to solve that has been through a new program that uh, my, my brother Benedict might, might be able to, to know about this as well, called you know, the country-led monitoring. And that has changed the paradigm in terms of monitoring evaluation in, in Liberia. Uh, when you look at the 12 components of that system, uh, you, you, you see that some of the areas that you think are not connected to effective monitoring are actually very serious aspects of monitoring evaluation. Uh, one of those have to be with data sharing and data use. I mean, of the three, of the three core components in the, in the M&E infrastructure, that seems to be one area that needs a lot of attention, both from sector technicians, but also from uh, you know, advocacy, knowledge-based groups, and people who are actually interested in showing that the knowledge uh, economy is, is expanded in this field of m and &E. I, I might want to conclude on this aspect of challenges that um, human resources have continuously been uh, articulated in different fora in terms of human resource capacity, but it's not just for m and &E because it goes beyond people who can do monitoring evaluation. It also looks at the governance around M&E. And one thing I've learned in the last few months working on country-led monitoring is that people who have core functions, like ministries who are interested in, in for WASH, some of them don't even have you know, the M&E people and infrastructure. So mainly they are involved in the service delivery, but they are not interested in especially continuous monitoring. Is not being given the kind of voice that you want to see in in uh, in this conversation. So, watch Liberia is there. It's it's 
It's a website where we put every information, all information. The last time we tried to look at the, um, I don't, I don't know how you call that, but it's the kind of analytics report from the website to see how many people go there every month to look at the report. Because that in itself is an indication of how many people have been reached with so much uh, helpful information. And it wasn't very encouraging. So it is about really having more conversation about how can we be more uh, 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 aggressive in our strategies in sharing the, the evaluations from, from monitoring, in sharing the stories, in sharing the different different you know, pilots and, 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 and projects that we undertake so that, that, that this, this sector, this whole idea of M&E can be a, a core aspect in showing quality and impact of the interventions that we make. Fantastic. I mean, I'm going to leave it there, but this is such a huge topic and we, we can talk for hours on this and, I'm, and I can see so much more advancement in the use of data to improve systems. But at the end of the day, the funding needs to be there. Um, so, but it's but you've been both ext- extraordinarily helpful and uh, generous with your times to share your experience today. So, thank you both um, for coming on the show. Thank you, Benedict. Thank you, Andy. And Abdul, thank you. It's my utmost pleasure, Benedict, uh, ben- uh, Andy, and Benedict. It was nice uh, meeting with you as well on, on this forum. That was Benedict Kobobom of Community Water and Sanitation Agency in Ghana and Abdul Hafiz Karoma of the National Wash Promotion Committee in Liberia. Thank you both for your frank and open contributions to the discussion on the Wash Talk podcast from IRC. So everyone, I hope you enjoyed that. If you liked it, please why don't you share it? The web address is ircwash.org forward slash washtalk. And make sure you add to the discussion by using the hashtag washtalk on Twitter or in the comments on the Facebook post. So don't miss the next episode in a few weeks. But until then, thank you for listening. That's it. Have a great couple of weeks. Bye.